Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And I am super fucking excited to bring you guys our review of Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> finally here. <laughs> it's finally here, Jay. We did our top 10 Star Wars moments last week. Mm-hmm. Want to just say, I am so sorry. <laughs> because I got a few comments when they're like, Dude, cantina scene? Like, you didn't even have cantina scene in your honorable mentions. And I was like, fuck, I spaced. (laughs) Fuck, I spaced hard. Because, like, the cantina scene is, like, this moment where, like, you've seen humans and a couple of cool creatures. The funny thing is, in pre-production, we actually talked about it. We talked about the cantina scene. never (laughs) thought about putting it on our list. omitted it. I don't know how we did that. And then, like, the cantina scene is where you're introduced to all the myriad of different alien species available to you within the galaxy especially Mm -hmm. in the original trilogy and stuff and i was like fuck i love that scene i even used i even used the music for that scene in (laughs) the episode but i didn't put it on our honorable mentions list or even in our list at all we're not perfect dave we're not perfect (laughs) we're not perfect so uh your 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 voices in the social medias and on the emails have been heard i understand that was a glaring omission i'm not going to go back and change the list now but i will admit fault when it was when it was committed and we we did it dirty jay we, we, we did, did we but did no, it it's okay we it's fucked okay. up a little bit but look you know this was just a tip <laughs> this is just a tip <laughs> now you're getting, you're getting the full right the full girth of of star wars um reactions from us now all in it. this episode all of it all the way to all. the balls because yeah. you because <laughs> Because you measure to your balls. Every Jay. inch. Every, I mean, inch. every inch. Oh, you have to. <laughs> and you got to push in farther. <laughs> every inch. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so that's where we are, are at now. I mean, that was just a whet our beak yes. for Rise of Skywalker. But now the Rise of Skywalker has come out. You and I have both seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I like I like the idea that like I was so itching to discuss it and talk about it that I got you to up your movie time. You did <laughs> by twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, I saw a nice little window of time I can get away from work, and I saw a short. I went for it. You know, I saw one forty five Dolby showing, obscure. You know. Close to sold out, but it wasn't sold out, and it was nice. It was a nice little, you know, nice little theater, mild mannerisms as far as, like, cheering and stuff like that and, and different kind of moments. It wasn't too, too boisterous in that kind of regard, but you're right. I, I, 
I had to see it because you saw it opening night, Thursday night, and I was like, all right, I can't wait until Saturday morning tears. to see this movie. There I, were I tears have to, in, in my, in my well, show. I'm sure it was. And I and I was pinpointing, watching, watching this movie. Oh, Dave's going to cry there. Dave's going to cry here. Oh, that's a Dave moment. <laughs> I cried once, once during the movie, but I can't really get into it now. I will get into it in our spoiler section yeah. at the moment that I cried during. And it was the most emotionally impactful moment for me. And it was an emotionally impactful moment for a character that I resonate, me and my wife both do. So anyway, Jay, without any further ado, let's get into our review for Rise of Skywalker. Now, like all reviews that we do, we're going to be doing spoiler-free up front, which... It's going to be hard. It's gonna, gonna, going to be, be very short and sweet. Because we're going to have a ton to delve into in our spoiler section. I'm already assuming that most people listening to this have seen the movie, because this is not the type of movie you want to go into colored by any type of reviews. You and I went in mostly blind. I know you looked at some Rotten Tomatoes scores and saw a few reviews, but only headlines of reviews. You didn't read a full review. Sure. Uh, I, I knew it was a mixed bag. I actually stayed off social media for a week prior to this. Yeah. Uh, once the premiere came out, I didn't look at any early reviews. I didn't look at a Rotten Tomatoes score. I wanted to go into this completely blind and maybe only colored by their marketing that they provided to us, and that's about it. Now, for my disclaimer going into this, I am a film fan. I'm a film buff. I guess you could say a movie buff. I hate the word film, but I'm a movie buff. Um, but I'm also a massive, massive, massive Star Wars fan. It touches me in a way that only that one priest ever did once. Right? <laughs> you, know? it, it, you stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. It, it, it gets to me in a way. So I, I want to offer a disclaimer here because I'm going to do my best to review this as a film and leave my Star Wars fandom in the background however that's kind of impossible it kind of because one i don't of the, think i don't think you should because i think a big part of this franchise is about that right well one of the reasons that i am such a a, a rabid you know movie fan is because of the star because Absolutely. of star wars itself so uh but i i i want to review this as a movie and try not to color it with my fandom too much and also like i i had a great sentiment that was put out there by by my friend Chris over at I Like to Like Things, he posted something on Instagram that basically said, like, it doesn't matter what everybody feels. It doesn't matter about the discussion around it. We're all sitting in the theaters and we're seeing a new Star Wars film and nothing else can beat that feeling. And mm -hmm. it, that's 100% true. No matter what, like, I mean, my the day I got married, the birth of my kid, these are days that, that do trump this but just going to the theater and there's not much else yeah. and seeing a new star Wars film fills me with such giddiness and joy that I can't, I don't think I could really express it into words when it's like j when the screen went black after the previews, I was like, I was, and then all of a sudden, Bang. Oh, I love it, dude. Star I love Wars, it. and then the script comes, and the str yeah, we'll get into the script too. Right, we'll get into the script, <laughs> but like, it's a feeling that I, as a person, it's hard for me to yes. describe. Like, I, I, I liken it to when I rode Rise of the Resistance at. At Disney, because again, it's a new Star Wars experience mm -hmm. that I'm getting. It's something that I'm not used to. So, it, it, not not used to. It's it's something that I'm not that I don't get all the time, right? It's it's like when you when you finally talk her in the anal, like you're just super excited. <laughs> it's like not this guy. It's like that. Never had any interest in that. <laughs> all right, Jay. Let's get into our review. What we've done all this time. What are you doing there, three PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. 
destiny. We're all in this. <laughs> Till the end. All right, and I got a synopsis for this movie. Now, it was tough for me to do a spoiler-free synopsis because I can't even talk about what's said in the opening crawl because that in itself is a spoiler. Uh, right off the bat, this film has been shrouded in darkness and secrecy but my synopsis goes like this and i i believe this is this is extremely spoiler free so i don't even need to put up a warning it's been several years since the events of the last jedi a lot has happened since then that you'll learn about in the opening crawl but the resistance is still struggling to gain a foothold against the first order and ray has been honing her skills as a jedi but when a mysterious transmission from the outer reaches of the galaxy has been received ray finn poe and Chewbacca must race across the galaxy to retrieve an artifact that will put them on a collision course with Kylo Ren and his dreaded Knights of Ren in this conclusion to the Skywalker saga that will ask you to swallow some huge horse-sized plot pills without a glass of water. And that pretty much sums up my feelings about the movie. That, 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 that last line right there is the first 45 minutes are throwing you so many new plot points that were not set up. Mm -hmm. any of the first two films that I felt like I was rushing to catch up. It's a jumbled ADD mess. It is. Like, they literally kind of start the movie off with uh, Poe light speed jumping, light speed skimming. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a spoiler either because if you stayed for After the Mandalorian, this is the scene that they showed you where he's light speed skimming and stuff like that. You know, and, and that's the way I felt that that J.J. Abrams was just like, we got a lot of story to tell you, so we got to like hit this ground running like real quick. You're going to need, do you have your inhaler with you? Good. You're going to have to hit that a few times. That's how it starts. Absolutely. This, in this first act. And that's how I felt. Like it was, the first act was a jumbled mess. And I truly feel bad for the editor of this film because I feel like they had a daunting task ahead of them. They did. Having to try to make a cohesive sense of what was being filmed, what was on the script, and, and how to portray it to us on the screen. So uh, that that's my first big problem with the film is the fact that the plot is so heavy, so plot heavy up front. There's so much exposition. There's so much that is told to you but not shown to you that it's very difficult to, to get your footing and to and to find your bearings mm -hmm. yeah i mean i agree it's it's one of those things where you you had no idea what the hell was going on it just it didn't even feel like a star wars movie it almost felt like a weird like typical hollywood movie that was just jumping around very you know excessive action stuff very excessive uh plot contrived moments and stuff right. like that setting things up but i think about the force it, awakens and how and 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 how like you know the the landing ships for the for the stormtroopers yeah. land on that planet and then they all come out and they all start that uh, land on i believe it was jakku and, and and they start firing on the village and like they give you a scene that brings you into the story they give you one perspective that then brings you into the greater story and then the last jedi very much in the same vein does mm -hmm. does the same thing gives you a smaller uh, a smaller view of the story that brings you into the larger story. And that's the way all star Wars kind of start and, out, you know, but this was just like hit the ground. I think it's, it's a hundred percent. They had a lot to do and they had a lot of, uh, I don't want to say so much course correcting, but in some aspect, they had a course, correct the trilogy <laughs> in one final film to make it somewhat sensible. Well, that's, and I think a big part of that had to do with, uh, you know, 
Kathleen Kennedy and, and the team behind you know the scope of the map of Star Wars for the three movies, you know, this trilogy. That's my problem with this entire trilogy, right? Like The and Force Awakens comes out to positive, mostly positive critical reviews, mostly positive audience reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the big complaint was that like it's a carbon copy of A New Hope. It's a carbon copy of what we got before. Give us something new, you know, blah, 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 blah. So they immediately course correct. And Ryan Johnson does something that is completely new, that takes Star Wars in a completely different direction. That In many you know, ways, a better direction in some ways. It, in some ways. That's, I mean, that's opinion. It's though, opinion. But what I'm saying is it goes into a different direction and it offers a different point of view on the Star Wars saga than we had seen, especially from The Force Awakens. That gets critical praise but is lauded by audiences and really the audience is the only person that that disney and lucasfilm care about about pleasing so then we get this film which immediately hard left turns it right back into the force awakens in a way but then kind of straddles this line where it doesn't know whether to upset the balance or whether to to fall right back in line with everything we have gotten before and give us a carbon copy of something that we have gotten before and it it just this film felt like it had no identity it was a sequel to the force awakens and it didn't do a lot for the last jedi now i understand the reasoning for that the majority of the audience didn't like the last jedi however i don't like the fact and you can scream at me all you want you can tell me that they always had this in mind you can tell me that this does pay homage to the last jedi it doesn't it's story may take story points from The Last Jedi, which then makes that still you know, part of this main story and still part of canon, but it does not pay very much reverence to the message of The Last Jedi whatsoever and just moves forward. And to me, that is very clear that there was no overarching story. There mm-hmm. was nothing that they had planned from beginning to end. Even, even George Lucas, when he was doing the original trilogy, had an, a rudimentary idea, a timeline, a storyboard of how and, his and films being were the only filmmaker right for those three movies no granted he did have nine movies planned at first and then after empire strikes back he decided to cut it down to just the three and then made some major changes to to certain characters leia was originally supposed to just be leia organa and there was supposed to be a love triangle between luke skywalker han solo and stuff like that and then they were going to actually find the mysterious sister of luke skywalker in episodes you know seven eight and nine and that got scrapped and they decided just to end it with six and the but most of the other stuff for the most part was was kind of like planned out the emperor darth vader all that stuff it was all kind of just planned out it was all right there yeah and and there was a creative vision behind it despite the fact that it had three different directors there was still a creative vision a producer behind it that was ushering the story that they wanted to tell forward this didn't have that this didn't have that creative voice. This didn't have a story in mind. This was very much a child playing with action figures is the way that I like to look <laughs> at this. And this movie felt like it is the fourth quarter. There's a minute left and they are on the 10th yard line and they got to get all the way down to, to the 90 end zone, yards, right, score a touchdown to the, and then get a two point conversion after that to win the game. Right. It smacked of that level of desperation. It really did. And I would like to say that, that you know, I watched this film without that coloring my vision. But there's a lot of things in this movie where I was just like, I don't know why you're doing this. It was very blatant. Yeah. But you, you are very clearly course correcting. And don't get me wrong. 
I get you wanting to course correct after the the fan reception of the last one, but you jam packed so much into this movie. Like this this movie, while, a lot of things you just had to go with because it ultimately didn't make any that, sense. This movie asks you to just go with it, and while it does give me great character moments, some of the best in this trilogy. It is some of the best acting. In it this really tril- is. That's it's true. Some of the best acting in this trilogy. They elevated the script. 100%. It is still stuffing 10 pounds of plot into a five-pound bag mm. and then handing it to you and having you well make said. sense of how to get it out of here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And it's one of those things that, you know, I I think whether you are a fan of this movie or not, that's the big thing that everybody can agree with. It's just a matter of do you go with it or you, or you don't? Do you, right. do, you, do you punish it? <laughs> For that, and you can't get over it, or or can you just move on with it and go with it because you do love Star Wars to some degree, where you're okay with the faults. Now, let's be honest. I am the person that can accept it for these faults, take the pill, swallow it, and move forward. Yeah, because I can in some degree. Yeah. But what did we say in our last episode? We were doing our top ten Star Wars moments. Star Wars, while Wars is in the title, and the space battles are great, and the action can be great at times. It's really at its heart about the characters and the emotions that you feel for those characters with those characters and about those characters this still does that it still makes me feel for for particularly the three main characters that we were introduced to in the force awakens finn poe ray it extrapolates on them there's a few things that they add to post story where i was just like all right you really want to turn him into han solo as much as you possibly can here they did in the last little bit but you're still giving me more character development for them in this third film than i have gotten in the previous two films and you're giving them some truly great character moments and this film truly to me is the best performance of Chewbacca that I've seen I think like there's a moment well, yeah, where, a lot to do. where Chewbacca hears some news and his reaction is is the only moment that cut me so deep like in my heart that I am almost welling up with tears right now just talking about it so um, it did a lot for yeah. our characters and that's even with panning out pretty far distance you can still see him acting really really well in character right it and was, it was good it was good and right. of course star wars the visuals are great you know the 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 action is is, is pretty good here i i don't think it's the best of the series it was, uh, it, it was fine it was fine uh i do have some issues with some of the direction of i i guess you would say the 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 dp or or, or possibly even second unit director or whatever there's a couple moments where like shots that were chosen just just really bothered me there's one panning shot that kind of like circles around uh, a group of characters and i was like wow how out of michael bay's book is that <laughs> and then i like i actually mentioned that on social media and someone brought it up to me and they went yeah they did that in the force awakens around maz's castle too and i was like oh my god they did and i was like but for some reason here because i guess i had nothing else to look at but the the, the wasteland of the pasana desert i just you know it, it didn't do a whole lot for me and the characters that it was panning around didn't do a whole lot for me either uh there's a lot of new characters Characters that are going to introduce to you in this film. Some are great. Dio, the, the the little droid, I love him. He is like an abused puppy that has been rescued from from uh, from a shelter. I absolutely love him. Babu Frick, adorable. I want to take that little gremlin home. But then we also see Knights of Ren. You've seen them in the trailers. They're here. They're yep. in this movie. Uh, they don't do fuck all. Big another big drop ball. I know. 
but, situation. It really was. But it almost feels like a legacy of Star Wars to give or you, explanation to give you cool characters and then have them do nothing. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett looks super cool, does nothing, dies mm-hmm. in a shitty way. Captain Phasma, very cool looking character, does nothing, dies in a shitty way. So here's the Knights of Ren, pretty cool. They're not going to do anything for you in this movie, though. So, like, that's that's just kind of like how Star Wars works. Here's some cool looking characters. We've teased them throughout the entire trilogy. You're ready for them. You're primed for them. You've lubed up. You're ready to go with it. Yeah, it's a two inch dick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Jay. Any any thoughts that you have here? Uh, we pretty much hit on everything as far as non spoiler. Um, I have a lot of spoiler comments and questions and and things to say and talk about because. You know, I'm I'm along with you. I mean, I I went with it for the majority of it, even though it was very glaring the issues right. um, throughout the movie because I still had fun with it, even though sometimes it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. <laughs> but you know, it did have a lot of great Star Wars character moments, and I think the acting really, really, really made this movie a lot more watchable for me and enjoyable for me as well because that really did shine overall. Right. I mean, that that's how this is a third part in a trilogy is the fact that the characters have been built up in the last two movies that you still resonate with them. You still root for them. You, you're still interested in the story that, that, that they're going through in this, even if it's being told to you in a haphazard matter. You know, I don't, I don't really blame JJ Abrams for this and Jay can attest. I'm not some like JJ Abrams apologist or anything like mm-hmm. that. This just was a studio that fired its director several months before they they were they began production on this film they brought him in the script had to be completely overhauled rewritten to match with what the studio kind of wanted for for their feel of of this final film and it it kind of smacks of that desperation and that rushed script. I mean, script and plot are the big part are, the, are your big problems in this movie. And we'll get into those in, in spoilers. Jay, do you have a score for the film? What's your score, man? A B minus a B minus. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's still, it's still technically a positive review on the film. It, it talks about your enjoyment, but it, yeah. it is what it is. And and that's really what, like I was kind of a torn between C plus and B minus, but ultimately I still enjoyed a lot of it. And the Star Wars in me, I'm not as big a fan of as you are obviously at all, but it's one of those things where I still enjoyed a lot of the movies and I still enjoyed a lot of the characters. And I think, you know, and I keep going back to this, the acting really, really did sold a lot of this movie for me. And, 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 and you know, there's a lot of issues, but same time, you know, that's why I kept the grade kind of low, obviously, because I had to still criticize the movie and be a, a quote unquote film critic of this movie. But at the same time as a fan, I still had a lot of enjoyment in it and there was a lot of fun stuff to be had. So it's it's it's, it's tough to grade. It's tough to grade, but I, I'm, I'm happy with the B minus grade for me. I'll, I'll probably stick with that. Um, you know, even with multiple viewings, I'm sure it'll pretty much stay the same. But um, Dave, what about you? So. I mean, just to jump off of what you were saying about Mm -hmm. the acting and stuff, I think 100% I would not have been sold on Kylo Ren in this film if it wasn't for Adam Driver. I really think that what he brought to it. He still amazes me, I'll tell you. What he brought to it (laughs) is what sold me on it, right? Because I have historically- A lot to do with this. I I can't get into it too much here, but he sold me on it. Uh, Daisy Ridley did a better job than than I feel she's done in the past two films. I thought that she was given a whole lot more as a character to work with here. Oh, yeah. Uh, And they really built Finn up into a proper character this time. And and Poe, too. And Poe. 
all four of those guys, all those four of those main main characters of, yeah. of this trilogy, had a lot more to do, and, and a lot had, a, had a, in a lot of ways a lot more character development too. And I got to give a big hand to Anthony Daniels, uh, C three PO for this film because this is the the best portrayal of C-3PO I've seen since the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was regulated to the background in a lot of the past two. Uh, this time, he was brought to the forefront. He's on that mission with them and what he brings to it, I, I really enjoyed. I, I was... I know that this is the last time I'm seeing C-3PO, so I was happy with what I got from him. So, uh, with from Anthony Daniels. So, for 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 that alone, and the fact that the script, even though it was it was bumbling, it was fumbling in the dark, trying to take off the bra, just like we all did on our first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it now I'm a one-handed. Right, I'm a, a pro, master. man. I'm a fr- even pro. though it was doing <laughs> all of that it still managed to resonate with me because it still did some good character development. And that in the end is what star Wars is about is, is the characters, not so much the story that they're in. It's making you feel for the character. So for me, it's a B plus. And the only thing that drops it down lower than any type of a is because the plot and script I felt were just absolutely weak. So B plus that's, that's where I'm at. And I think your, your B minus is pretty fair. So you can reach, if this is where you're going to jump off, cause we're about to jump into spoilers. You can reach out to us on our social medias. I'm on Twitter at super movie pod. You can reach out to me there. Let me know if you disagree with the score. Let me know if you would have given it a higher score, lower score. Let me know your vitriol hate. Mm-hmm. or your absolute praise for it. Jay, where can people find you to talk to you? Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, or Instagram, Super Movie Bros. All right, Jay, that's it, man. Let's get into our spoiler section. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, Jay, plot of this movie, man. I'm just going to read something that that I wrote down for you. It's a long one, guys, but it's good. We'll start jumping off of this. So Emperor Palpatine has been alive since Return of the Jedi through the use of Sith alchemy and possibly cloning. It's not really explained, but like a lot of other plot points in the film, we are asked to just go with it and not question a lot of what we see through the film's runtime. We know that it was through means many would consider to be unnatural. Natural. Much like the Legends comic Dark Empire in which the Emperor was revived via cloning and he places his essence into a younger clone husk of himself with the ultimate goal of him possessing the unborn child inside Leia. Similar plan here, except instead of a younger clone of himself, he was using his skin puppet Snoke. And, I mean, come on, let's be honest. If you could wear any skin puppet, why oh why in the world would you pick a form that is equally as unfuckable as yourself as Palpatine as Snoke. I mean, because like, they're both equally as ugly. But with the ultimate goal of using Ben Solo to turn to the dark side and creating a bond between Ben and Rey, revealed to be the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine, I know what you guys are thinking. Who in the world would have fucked this guy? And when is Marvel telling that story in the comic books? Ben would then later lure Rey to this secret Sith temple on Exegol in the outer reaches where Palpatine says he has been every voice inside of Ben Solo's head that he has ever heard manipulating him mm. once Lord to Exegol Ray would then fall to the dark side when she uses her anger and hate to strike Palpatine down allowing his spirits and thousands of other Sith spirits to inhabit 
inhabit her body, making her Empress Palpatine. With this plan, he would have effectively destroyed the last of the Jedi and ensured his own immortality and a long reign of the Sith across the galaxy. Now, what's crazy is 90% of what I just read is in the first two minutes of this film. You read the opening crawl and you find out Emperor Palpatine's alive. It says it in literal caps and bold letters. Emperor Palpatine is alive. They, the dead speaks. And the whole the whole galaxy figures it out through a transmission that happened off screen and all this stuff. I was just like, wow. Wow. They like they teased us with like the Emperor will be back. I was expecting like a a, a fourth quarter reveal of him. And they're like, nah, fuck you. Right off the bat, buddy. He's here. And I was like, okay. I kind of give it a little bit of praise for that brevity. I get it. All right. Well, I, I'm past the opening crawl now. And then we get like these jump cuts of Kylo, like doing all these things. But it really, and- the script had nothing to say. No. Ultimately, when you really think about it, like it really didn't say it, it ultimately said that we're starting a few years after last Jedi. And that's really it. And that the dead speak. So it's like, oh, OK, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's it. And There's an artifact that they're all going to look for. But that's come on. That's it's a, it's a Sith Wayfinder. And I had someone ask me, why is it a Sith Wayfinder and not a holocron? Why not call it a holocron? It's because holocrons usually contain the essence of a Sith spirit or a Jedi spirit that that divulge knowledge and training and stuff like that this is literally a sith gps so it's a it's sith wayfinder yeah. and that's and, and that's the reason for it it's because it, it carries no essence of an individual no training no 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 message from anybody no, nothing about that about a person is involved in it and that's what a holocron usually carries this is just a sith wayfinder because it's your car's gps mm. so <laughs> probably brought to you by anthony daniels right <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat like all right so kylo's on the fucking scent of this thing we don't know how he's on the scent of it we we just know that he heard the message as well you have to just assume that he was getting the messages from the emperor to come out there and find him we do learn that he was basically being controlled by the emperor the entire time every voice he's ever heard in his head snoke darth vader has always been the emperor manipulating him towards the dark side he fell for he took the bait he went with it and now he's there on exegol meeting the emperor face to face and he just like vader is now basically his new apprentice his new lackey um when he's in there in exegol we see that there are vats of snokes like there are just snokes just piled up literally inside of goo and uh, yeah, who knows how snoke was created either through something we learned from the mandalorian uh, uh, a strand cast which we heard in episode seven yeah. of the mandalorian or maybe it is uh, some sort of cloning technology but one thing's for sure snoke should have been a much better better looking person if you were gonna if you <laughs> yeah. were gonna make them from the beginning that's true uh i can only assume that the dark side of the force w- was deteriorating snoke like they talk about in the kylo ren comic which just came out a couple weeks ago um that the dark side deteriorates him the way that it de- was deteriorating the emperor throughout his lifespan how he got there we don't know um was his body destroyed in the in the subcore of the of the death star maybe maybe he did have cloning maybe maybe they salvaged what they could we do see like stitches on on his fingers and stuff like that so it looks like they may have gathered pieces of his body and just kind of like cobbled him together and his force whatever power that he has probably reconnected his body to come back to that temple 
That's what I can only assume. And I like to just think... Just to keep him barely alive still in... And I like I to know. think that we learned in Rebels that Grand Admiral Thrawn had been in the outer reaches and the outer rims and all this stuff before he returned to crush the Rebels on Lothal. Maybe he knows about Exegol because of Thrawn's extensive knowledge of the outer rims and that's very possible so something that me and duty were talking about uh duty from shaking not nerds yeah. that me and him were talking about uh so so there's there's that aspect he he is alive but now getting ray there and finding out that ray is the granddaughter of emperor palpatine like that raises so many questions right like we can go on a whole conversation like first off Iron about that first off i i first questioned who would fuck we both agree that we don't like that right at all no no, I, I don't like that. Uh, but I first question, who would fuck Emperor Palpatine? Then I have to assume because he's the emperor, he probably has some sort of calcubines and yeah. stuff like that. He did have a child, a son uh, who was married, had had a wife who then had a child, uh, Ray. And, you know, the movie does nothing to tell you that they are good or bad people. They are just the base needs of what a parent needs to be. They do everything they can to keep their child alive and away from the emperor who does want to kill the child. So that he can take her body or at least have the child do the Sith ritual that they're talking about where Rey would destroy him and all the Sith would embody her. Great. Good. Wonderful. Uh, like most of this, though, I am just having to piece together from what you gave me and I don't have all the answers. I don't need all the answers either, but I need a little bit more than what you were giving me because I'm finding out he's got a Sith fleet out there. OK, who was building that fleet? How right. many people are out there? No, not a lot. OK, OK, fine. I'll go with the ships. But what about the people that man the ships? Why is there hundreds of thousands of people out there with all new Sith uniforms, all new weapons that we've never seen? Where are they coming Where, from? Exactly. Because uh, we know the Force Order, the First Order does come it's to It's one meet. of those things you just have to go with. And, right. That's all it was. And, it was, again, an unanswered thing that's the not first, going to be answered, right? You the First Order comes to meet the Final Order, as this group of Star Destroyers <laughs> is called. And they do, yeah. they do merge their powers to take on what's left of the Resistance. But it's like, that's not enough people people like that's not there's thousands of ships out there and each one is piloted is is manned by hundreds if not a couple thousand people so we're talking like at least at the very minimum half a million people out here i know it's a large galaxy but how was the emperor just doing all this was this secret empire out there ruling the outer reaches and no one ever knew it's there's a lot of pill to swallow and i know in coming up in 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 media in books and in comic books some of this stuff will get answered not all of it but some of it and that's great but for this movie it made me just go okay i have to go with it because the plot is moving forward and i need to keep up with it all right on to so so on to my next thing so the plan that emperor palpatine put in place would have gone off without a hitch if kylo wasn't turned back to the light by the combined forces of ray and leia and a memory of his father, Han Solo, who kind of shows up when they're in that duel. Uh, this comes at the sacrifice of Leia's life, which she had to give all of her power to reach Ben and Rey in that moment. So once Ben is turned back to, to the light side, he then rushes to aid Rey in her confrontation of the Emperor. We then learn that Ben and Rey are diodes within the Force. So uh, I looked up a definition of diode. A diode is a semiconductor device with two terminals that typically allows the flow of a current in one direction. So a diode, in this case, is two conductors of the force who allow the force to flow in one direction. Right. Previous to this movie, they were flowing in opposite directions, light 
and dark. Mm-hmm. But now that they are together, they are both aligned with the light. They are Which is interesting. In one dire- I think that's very interesting. Yeah. But not a whole lot of extrapolation on that. No. In this. Uh, this power then allows Palpatine to drain the life force from both Ben and Ray, simultaneously restoring him to full power, allowing him to ascend the throne once again and destroy both Ray and Ben. After the Emperor throws Kylo down a chasm in an effort to kill the last Skywalker, Ray reaches out through the force to the Jedi's of the past. Remember, a thousand generations live in Rey now. Here we hear the voices of Obi-Wan, both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness, Qui-Gon Jinn, Mace Windu, Yoda, Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Kanan Jarrus, Ezra Bridger, Luke, and of course Leia. Rey is then able to reverse the Sith's combined might back at Palpatine, melting him like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> but this proves to be too much and Rey passes away herself. But just then, Ben reveals that he is alive, gives his life force to Ray, they kiss and he winds up dying like some reverse Sleeping Beauty-esque shit. Yeah, it's like how the fuck does his powers do that? Not only transfer into the moment, but still have that kind of power and then still transition the power into her body. So here's so here's to save her life. So here's what it, I figured it just, out. It's amazing. We we like, <laughs> I just don't. Get we it. know that they are out there looking for the wayfinder. It takes them to Pasana, which brings them into contact with 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 uh, the First Order, and we think Chewie's dead. Then they wind up going to the 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 other planet where we meet Sorry Bliss, and we meet Babu Frick, who then takes that that information that C three PO couldn't translate out of him, and then you know they then wind up going to Endor, one of the other moons of Endor, uh, where the basically the main part of the Death Star crash. So then we get this epic fight between Kylo Ren and Rey, who's been following her the whole time here on Endor. And the whole reason for this fight is to A, allow Leia to sacrifice herself. We can get Leia out of the story because we didn't have Carrie Fisher to finish it. So we had to get her out of the story and she has to use all of her power and die yeah. in reaching Ben. But Rey also has to kind of touch the dark side here, kill Ben, and then ultimately have to heal him. By her healing him, she is then giving him knowledge of that power, which allows him to use that power later on when he turns back good in the end. And I think that's, I the, suppose. that's the only reason <laughs> that Ben was stabbed in this moment was so that the healing power could be given. And it's the whole reason why Disney Plus put out Baby Yoda mm-hmm. healing Grief Karga mm-hmm. in The Mandalorian Episode 7 before this movie came out so that true Star Wars fans could get it and be like, okay, that is a thing. It used to only be a power that existed in Legends in the Dark, in uh, Knights of the Republic, but now it exists here in these films. And well, they the are, they're obviously extremely force, not just sensitive, but they are one of the most powerful people that the right. force has ever experienced before that at least that we've seen you know character wise and that's one of the things and that I, I like th- I like the expansion on that and, and I think it makes right. sense it does make sense to me I mean as, as far as they're both very powerful very young right. very eager to learn and are honing in more and more about their, and the last their, Jedi their, their is, this is one of the few things that the last Jedi set up that I thought they did really well was them being able to see each other but maybe not their surroundings and stuff like that but still touch grab and take things from each other, right? Like they were able to touch, even though they weren't in the same place uh, in 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 the Last Jedi. So here, like Kylo grabs her necklace, pulls it off, and takes it, and is able to find her on Pasana because he took that necklace from her, right? And then you know later on, he finds out that that she's on his capital ship because he 
when they're having their lightsaber duel, Darth Vader's helmet falls in front of his feet where he's down on the planet's surface, but she's up in the ship, and so he realizes where she is. It does this, it, it keeps this connection alive and it extrapolates on that. So when we finally get to the last moment and she is standing in front of the Emperor and she cocks the lightsaber back like she's going to strike him down just like he wants her to do, she passes it behind her back so that he could take out all the Knights of Ren with it. And then she then pulls Leia's lightsaber out, which she received from Luke on Octo when she went there to hide. And that is the only moment yeah. in this that really is paying homage to The Last Jedi, right? Because now Rey's story is following Luke's story, right? When she becomes afraid of what's in front of her, when she doesn't think that she can face it, just like Luke didn't think that he could continue on. Which makes sense, right? She goes to Octo to hide, just like he did. And it's only because we got Yoda in The Last Jedi to teach Luke where he was wrong, and we got that revelation and that character movement from Luke. Even if people didn't like where Luke was in The Last Jedi, we can still believe the turn that he takes here because of what The Last Jedi did, where he sacrifices himself as a Force ghost. We can believe that here now because now their stories are parallel, her and Luke, and he's going to help her get past it because, Jay, what did Yoda say in The Last Jedi? We are what they grow beyond. And that's the whole point of Luke showing up here is to help Ray grow beyond what he is. And I, I actually really like that. I, I like that a lot. It, it, it tied it into The Last Jedi. It's the only thing that really that The Last Jedi did for this movie was to was to uh, give us the, the, the belief in these force powers that since they're diodes in the force, whatever Ray knows, Ben then knows. So if she knows how to heal things, then he knows how to heal things, which is why he can heal her at the end. And, and, and they can pass the lightsaber back and forth through their, you know, through their connection in the force and also the fact that luke skywalker shows up and helps ray get over herself like he couldn't because she is growing beyond him before we get into like everything else jay i just want to know out of the new characters did you like any of them did you like zori bliss uh did you you know did you like carrie russell in that role i very much saw her as a plot device but I she still, was a plot device I however i liked her. her a lot i liked her a lot yeah. along with um, How about her end scene where like they've won and Poe yep. kind of like there's a little bit of flirting between them. You understand there's some yep. sort of relationship because before them. he he asked for a kiss and she was like no, <laughs> right? And then he's looking at her and he gives her this look like you you want to go in the tent and you want to you want to do it you yeah. want to celebrate and she just shakes her head very slowly like no. And I was no. like I like it I like that. But also for Finn, um, you know Jana Jana she was really cool um, addition as well. I liked her a lot. The actress Naomi Aki Aki I believe Na- and- Naomi Aki. Yeah. yeah, and um, we learned something interesting about I, the stormtroopers I, because of her, right? I, I did, and I liked her character as well. So that was one of those things where, like, fuck, if if they had like a two, if they made this movie like a two part movie, part one, part two, they could have done so much more with this. So much, it should have done it that way. Ten pounds of plot stuffed in a oh five pound God. bag. But these two female characters had such a great they were such a great addition to Finn and Poe right and it was so underdeveloped and so plot contrived and it just didn't work overall it was unsatisfying and you could see the potential and it was again one of those things where like oh they just dropped the ball again but once again she's a but, cool designed character and, and you don't she get really to see was and I didn't like her ending because all of a sudden it's like oh I'm just gonna saddle up she saddles up to the smoothest motherfucker in the galaxy <laughs> fucking Lando Calvary. Lando was awesome in this movie dude Lando he, his character was really well done he didn't, happy about that he didn't like openly hit on her but he was straight up hitting on her and right? I, I couldn't help but weird, think of though. Han Solo just being like and all of a sudden she's just smoothie. gonna go and find out where she came from um, just why not? why not i guess i like that. i don't know uh so uh the 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 thing that like 
we learn about Jaina because she's she was a former stormtrooper just like Finn and and her hiding out on the Endor moon is much like the you know Finn leaving she was attacking a village killing innocents and she couldn't go with it she didn't like it she she felt something and I really realized that like oh my god since the first order was stealing children from all these random planets and stuff like that to swell their ranks they were taking children that very well could have been force sensitive. Yeah. Which means that this is backwards. Can we get into that? This is retroactively saying Finn is somewhat force sensitive. Jane yeah. is somewhat force sensitive because they at least could, I mean, basically because they had the ability to empathize, but it, it, but they had a feeling something awoken in them. It, well, this is the thing where I think this is a, this is a, a, a J, this is a three, this is a trilogy thing. Because J.J. had it in his first movie, The Force Awakens. I take that as like the Force is awakened throughout all the galaxies and it's much more stronger and it's hitting many more characters that we are not seeing. However, you're getting Ryan, into something I was saving for the end. Well, for I, I have to get into it because this is one of my favorite things about it. Because like then all of a sudden you see at the very end of Ryan's movie with the, the young stable boy with the broom and he has the powers. He's, he's obviously force sensitive. But then with you know with with i'm gonna i'm gonna table your discussion yeah for two seconds okay and then and then i'll get into it it's a nice little Um, so we 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 like these new characters we like the idea of them they they gave us little hints at what their greater role in the story could have been yeah but wasn't because of 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 poor planning throughout this entire trilogy babu frick the, the, the little guy that cracks open C-3PO's head because of the dagger, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the dagger that works like the Goonies, uh, you know, uh, medallion where I, I guess you just happen to be standing at the right distance away from something to tell the to, to tell where something that made no sense. But anyway, C-3PO has the coordinates for where for where the wayfinder is hidden and he can't access it because the, the Sith language has been basically outlawed by the Senate and the New Republic where, where at the time that he was he was built and he's received his updates. So he's not allowed to read it. So they have to go to this basically droid mechanic and have them crack his skull open and get to the information that he has inside, thus resetting his memory, meaning that, that we are losing C-3PO, at least the C-3PO that we know. And C-3PO losing his memory is like one of four death fake-outs that we get in this movie. They tease a lot of people's deaths uh, <laughs> throughout this movie. And they, they they kind of wanted to play on my heartstrings a little bit, and I kind of gave it to them the first few times, and I finally went like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, you keep you keep killing people and bringing them back. You're, you're starting to bother me at this point with your deus ex machinas uh but (laughs) but 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 anyway so babu frick is 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 getting this information from him and this is where we get the droid you know dio moments before this who i absolutely loved because he was kind of like this abused shelter puppy who was like i know no thank you he had no he had had no purpose in this movie whatsoever (laughs) he did but except he was still very kind of like tell us little little, yeah kind of tells um, us what we should feel puppy dog like like when c-3po's memory is going to be erased he's just like sad You know, sad. It's sad. We're gonna lose him. Um, <laughs> and then, like later on, she fixes his wheel, and he and and he's just like, yeah. "Thank you, very kind." And he like squee- he just goes around in circles and stuff. I love Dio, and I loved Babu Frick. And, and like when C three PO's mind gets erased, and they get the information, I know. and 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 you know, he gives one last look to all of his friends. I absolutely love that. But I liked when he woke up, and you know, he's he. he <laughs> And he's just like it was fun. It was funny too. Greetings, I am C three PO, human cyborg relations. And who are you? I am Babu Freak. 
was like, oh my God, I want to take that little gremlin home. He's fucking adorable. So when he showed up at the end where him and Zori Bliss didn't die when that planet got, got blown up, and they show up at the end, and he's just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. I love you, Babu Frick. I'm so happy that you made it. <laughs> But the, that was one of like four death freakouts that we got. We, you know, Chewie got taken on the transport where we got Ray using Sith lightning that blew up the transport. Now I knew Chewie wasn't dead because I saw two Sith transports out there. So when we find out five minutes later that Chewie is alive, I was not surprised. I didn't think that Chewie would go out like that off screen without seeing his death. Um, but again, that was stupid. It that was. was a horrible sequence. It was. It was pretty. Bad. There was obviously no other ship right there. <laughs> He obviously went on that ship and it went up and she fucking but killed it. it, was you, like, it was, if you saw when, when Finn comes out and he does see them there questioning him, there is two transports sitting there. There is two transports sitting there. So when Finn runs it was, off... It was, it, mm. No, it was trickery. Don't get me wrong. Like Big time. It, it was editing trickery. But yeah, there was two ships there. Uh, and that's and that's when I knew I was like, Chewie ain't dead. But like Lauren got super upset. Like she grabbed my hand and was like, like I saw like tears streaming down her face because oh. she was like, Chewie's gone. And Chewie is her, her favorite absolute yeah. favorite. And you know, we also the part that made me cry was after they return from Endor and Ray has run off in Kylo Ren's uh, Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter, they return. They they learn of Leia's death, and when Chewie learns of Leia's death, his reaction is just fucking gut wrenching. And that is the only part in the movie where I truly cried like where i was like i cried because of chewie's reaction just like you know han solo's death in the first one like i expected it i knew it was coming but it didn't hit me until chewie's reaction to it so the new characters i liked i didn't like that there's four death freakouts in the movie where they're, they they trick their audience into into this emotional state because those deaths would i, have I find earned. that very very cheap um, most of the time, and I think it definitely felt cheap at times in this movie as well. It was, it was, you know, there's a lot of fan service so, in this movie overall, and 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 it's pretty jarring sometimes, and it works sometimes, yeah. but at the same time, some of it was just Thing, unnecessary. There's a lot of things in this, but I think you and I have run long enough. I think we've talked about the things that we've liked a lot in the spoilers, you know, yeah. and we we liked that of, of what it took from The Last Jedi and built upon with the Force powers. We really liked the characterizations. We like where we took the characters on their journey throughout this film. We just didn't so much like the plot that's around them. Um, but I want to get into, like, our, our final thing, the thing that me and you together, like we, we both have the same feeling on this without discussing it beforehand. We both have the same feeling on this. We learned that Ray is a Palpatine in this, which was a theory that was out there for some time. And we're kind of both against that. Right, like it feels more impactful if she's no one. She could still choose to be a Skywalker in the end, just like this film ends, whether she's a Palpatine or she's no one, and adds to the mythology if she's no one. The Force isn't, you know, inherently attached to these bloodlines of Skywalker and Palpatine. Yeah, you know, and and that, that bothers me that the, the Force because it it doesn't make any sense for it the other other movies. You it know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it, make it, sense for the Last Jedi, one hundred percent at all. No. Uh, so so the, so the force works in ways that not everyone can see, you know, a darkness rising and the light rushing to meet it. That's what Snoke said yeah. in, in, in The Last Jedi. And I like the idea of the force awakening in Rey to bring this balance in the way that it kind of did with Anakin, right? Like having the force being something that only a few in the galaxy with special 
special blood like Skywalkers and Palpatine can truly access uh, and can use to affect real change in the galaxy reduces its power and the feeling that you get from it. By having a filthy Junker girl abandoned on a planet, rising up to destroy the greatest evil known to the galaxy that inspires people. Yeah. It makes people feel empowered too. She like, can be just as powerful. She doesn't have to have a certain blood lineage to be powerful. Right. It makes she just needs to have the force. It makes people feel like they're not voyeurs in this conflict. Like they're not voyeurs in this story. And maybe they have some chosen reason for being here too. Those who come from nothing being empowered and doing great things. You know, it's the same exact thing that Luke started out as in A New Hope. He was a farm boy giving this this mission and and this path that he went on. Now, it wound up being his legacy. It wound up being his bloodline that 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 brought him here to this mission. But why do we have to do that again? Why do we have to tell that story again? Why can't it be from nothing? And it, that's the thing that I took away from the Last Jedi the most that I loved. And yeah, me and Jedi, may, me and Jay may be Last Jedi apologists here, but I really like the message that the Last Jedi gave us. The Star Wars films aren't just for you anymore. They're not just for those who love the old the the original trilogy. I love the original trilogy. None of these films will ever beat. That that original trilogy for me, but I'm passing it on to a new generation, yeah. right? And and having Ray come from nothing ties it to nothing from from those original trilogies, just allowing the characters from that original trilogy to come through and 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 be here. And people may not have been happy about where Han was when we met him, uh, you know, divorced pretty much, you know, out there back to being a smuggler and stuff like that. But none of us ever truly live up to the potential that we feel that we should have, and that's that's just part of becoming an adult. And that's the story that they were telling us. Luke didn't become the great savior of the galaxy that everyone wanted to become. He didn't become the great grandmaster. He failed in that endeavor as well. But the idea is to continue failing because it's our greatest lesson which is what Yoda says in The Last Jedi. It's what builds us up to what raises us up. And for people to not like The Last Jedi, I get that. I get it. But the messages behind The Last Jedi, what it gave us, meant so much to me, especially that little farm boy at the end. There is someone who is force-powered, literally coming from nothing. He's mm. a filthy little stable boy. Yeah. <laughs> being whipped by some mole with fucking herpes. We, we love that. We yeah, love I that. love that. I love the idea of him taking the broom because him using the force and taking that broom is is the next generation of Star Wars fans being passed to and moving forward. Having Rey become a Palpatine in the end kind of cheapens it for me. I'm not knocking the film for that. It, it didn't go into my review score for it at all. I just wish that it ended in a different way because I feel that the force is more powerful powerful than these two bloodlines but when you're saying that you're closing out a trilogy that is the skywalker saga the skywalker saga was these two bloodlines tied together you know palpatine mm. learned from darth plagueis the wise to create life the life that was created was anakin anakin skywalker goes on to bring balance to the force by both falling to the dark side and then destroying the emperor and then going on to have his two children luke and leia who had you know ben solo you know from Han Solo and Leia, who is also a Skywalker, despite the fact that his last name is Solo, and ensuring that those two children that he had, Leia and Luke, were the ones who were Rey's masters. They were the ones who trained Rey, who gave her everything that she took into that final battle with Palpatine, came from Leia and Luke. And that, to me, gives her the right at the end when that old woman on Tatooine asks her, who are you? And she says, Ray Skywalker, you know, like she took a little bit too long to say it. Cause if I was that old woman, I would have been like, 
All right. You know what? I, I didn't care. I was just being friendly. Okay. I don't care. I'm going to walk away because she took a long time to answer that question about what her name was at the very end. Uh, she's burying both Luke and Leia's lightsabers, which I fully expect them being buried there means that they will show up at some point later on down the Star Wars saga line. I'm sure it would. I mean, but like on a quick little tangent, Dom Hall Cleason's character. Oh, you want to get into that now? Because this is another big thing for me. Well, I'm in the middle of my diatribe. But yeah. Well, I fun. thought you were dumb, but like, you know. Uh, I was getting there. <laughs> keep, keep but, going, go on, go on. No, 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 finish. No, 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 got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was he was Fulcrum. He was the he Fulcrum. Was, he was the spy. He was the spy. Fulcrum from Rebels. Every spy that spies on the Empire, which for made the no sense. Is Fulcrum that didn't? He quickly got killed off by Richard E. Grant's made, character. It made sense by the competition that was set up between them per, in in the Last Jedi. Perhaps when you remember when Snoke was sure. dead, he says, "Well, who sure. sa- who says that you are that you Kylo Ren are are the supreme leader?" And then he just chokes him or throws him around. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I can't really fight that, right?" So it set up that competition there, and this is kind of. But I thought it would going. be so much stronger. You know, oh, so did I. If he rose and got greater and more angrier and no. more became more of a supervillain, rising up along not with even force Kylo, power, but something that yeah, yeah because he was always of, a, it was always like him and Kylo like back and forth, back and forth, and he was just like a fucking scorned little puppy dog. Nope, he became wound up, a little bitch. He wound up then, being a plot device to get them out of prison, and that's yeah, it. that was sad. It was like, come on, this guy is awesome, and then you just pass pass essentially his role as he has been throughout Jake, the Donald trilogy. Gleason will to Richard never will never be happened. will never be as great in these films as he was in The Force Awakens when you know he was like every star system will bow to the power of the First Order. I absolutely love that. So good. It was so good. But he never reached those heights again throughout this trilogy. I don't know why. I know. It was it was They so set good. him up so well and they just oh, it was another one of those things. And they did the a, and they did a great actor dirty like that. Yeah. You, you come wanted on. more from him. And it's almost like I don't know, man. Like it's almost like you gotta stop hiring great actors for side characters. For side characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, but because but, they take they, they just deliver so strongly. But this is this is Star Wars. This is where Daniel Craig showed up and asked to be anything. He didn't care. And they put him in a stormtrooper outfit, right? You don't know. Dom Hall Gleason may have just done this may have just auditioned for this film just to maybe he didn't know hawks would be in all three films when he auditioned for it but yeah. fans just gravitate towards this and a lot of people in hollywood are fans of this and they'll do anything to be in it and maybe dom hall gleason is just, just just that i don't know the story of how he was cast in it but i do think that they gave us a pretty good character in the first two movies that i was interested to see do more in this one and they regulate them into nothing the knights of ren were nothing jay they were built up from the first film you know kylo ren the leader of the knights of ren and then we didn't see them in the second movie we kind of find out that they're kylo ren and snoke's lackeys and stuff like that we see them rolling squad deep throughout this film always six of them always walking together they are like the 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 frat of ren more so like where they go and do a mission and crush some eggs afterwards and maybe sexually assault a few people and when they finally confront him at the end even though it's a cool thing when ray passes him the lightsaber their fight is ultimately like nothing like i felt like kylo was not even close to being matched by six guys that are 
supposedly force adept in some way so you build these things up and it's it's maybe not even necessarily that the films built them up we as fans saw them enjoyed them and sure. built them up in our heads and the payoff yeah. that we got wasn't as good same thing with boba fett that we got jay coming here to the end now you know we're talking about ray bearing her lightsaber yeah. bearing luke and leia's lightsabers at the at the lars homestead because she couldn't fly by in the millennium falcon and just chuck leia's lightsaber out to to to, to the asteroid field that used to be Alderaan, so she buries it here with Luke <laughs> uh, at the large Skywalker Homestead. Ranch. Skywalker <laughs> Ranch, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. She, she takes the moniker of Skywalker, which I feel like she earned. Whether she was a Palpatine or a nobody, I agree. she earns the moniker of Skywalker, and I, I like that she took it. But she reveals her new lightsaber, and her new lightsaber is built from her staff that she's carried throughout the, throughout the films, and it's revealed to be a yellow blade. And, you know, the way lightsaber crystals work is that the they are neutral, they're clear, whitish when they're first discovered, and it is through the power and the personality of the Jedi who finds it that changes its color. Yellow lightsabers were, at least in canon now, were historically saved for people who were the guardians of the Jedi Temple. They are more of like a neutral thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the end is really just saying who Rey is as a Jedi. She is she isn't a warrior. She isn't a a thinker, a great user of the force. She is someone she is the Bendu. She is the one in the middle. She she hangs out in that area. She is not dark side. She's not light side. She's taking what she's learned and 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 her lineage and she's moving it forward. And a yellow lightsaber is just kind of that. Her new path, her own path. Her, yeah. it, it's her own path. And making your lightsaber is kind of like one of the last steps to becoming a full Jedi yourself. So that's that's what it is in the end. There's a whole lot you can learn about yellow lightsaber crystals and all that stuff. So you can go check people out over uh, you know, over on YouTube. And Bastila Shan in Nice Yellow Republic had a yellow lightsaber. Yellow lightsabers have been around for me for a long time. But canon-wise, they didn't show up until we saw the, the Jedi Temple. Temple guards in Clone Wars and then later on Rebels, but now they are meant to symbolize sort of more of more of like a neutral, and, and, and they also symbolize an old Republic type sentimentality to them more so than 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 new republic new jedi new jedi green blue sometimes purple for one guy at least but yellow was reserved for special people so ray is one of those special people she is now the 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 temple guard if you would say for for the legacy of the skywalkers moving forward but also the temple guard of the jedi legacy moving forward so yeah i think well i think that was the meaning of of her yellow lightsaber jay anything else before we get out of here anything spoilerish we didn't touch I, on i don't know i don't think so i, I mean i didn't bother going, there are a few things that we didn't yeah. touch and get into but i didn't bother going there's plot a lot for, you know, there's plot a lot from beginning to end because you know what's the point of doing that the people who are here know the plot so they're picking up what we're talking about as we're talking about it sure so. absolutely and then you know if, there, if you guys want to get into any other details um you can easily reach out to us you heard our uh, details earlier on in the episode as far as reaching out to dave or myself we love talking star wars yeah hit us up let's twitter, get into it even more twitter at super movie pod jay is on facebook yeah hit me up on facebook super movie bros podcast hit me up on there message me whatever you can message me or make a comment on instagram super movie bros this may be my least favorite of this star wars trilogy 
But in the end, it is for me too. Yeah. In the end, I still enjoyed what I got. The joy I felt sitting in a theater waiting for a Star Wars movie to start is still there. I know we're a little ways away from getting another one and i'm okay with that but i can't wait to recapture this feeling and do it again you know like i i hold no hate for anybody who dislikes this movie or likes this movie Mm -hmm. i'm cool with having a i get it very i get both i get both perspectives i really do i'm cool with having a fun star wars discussion next week i think me and jay will have our full review for the mandalorian which will be fun. Because, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Because we got the last episode coming season. up. It's yeah. been a great season. And I, I, I was thinking about- I like the direction that they went with this. I know yeah. we're going a little long here, but I was thinking about this as you and I were discussing The Mandalorian in last episode when we were talking Rogue One. That I, I Because they are so close to the original trilogy and because- the everything about them feels very you know original trilogy to us i think that's why we wind up liking it more it doesn't take any new logical leaps it's not breaking new ground it's just giving us new characters in a universe that we're already familiar with and that might be why we love it so much and you know if you don't have disney plus you're not watching the mandalorian can't recommend it enough i don't know who oh, out yeah. there is not i think uh me and jay should you know get to doing uh before we end our star wars you know reign of terror on smb here we should get into doing something for super movie bros patreon for that so if you we want will. if you want to join the patreon you can head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast over there if you don't have the means to support the show monetarily and you are enjoying it then head to your favorite podcatcher leave it a review if it allows you to so i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great one cheers may the force be with you Bow, 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 bow.